we go. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it is a fine Sunday morning, May 2nd. I had to switch from my normal face to my pastor face, um, which is uh, always fun. Uh, it's good to see you guys this morning. I can't see you, but you can see me. Um, but uh, I'm glad that you guys have joined us to jump into God's Word together. Uh, before we do that, I want to, as always, share with you a few announcements um, just so we can have a little bit of normalcy as we um, as we try to go throughout our weekend. Uh, just want to give you guys a heads up on, on a few things to remind you. Some are a little redundant, but I just wanted to remind you about our um, opportunities to uh, join together in small group on Tuesday nights via Zoom. We've begun a study uh, through a book called Unburdened by Vance Pittman. And so that's on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. on Zoom, which we post that information on our website, through our Facebook page as well. And you can download that um, uh, book through an application, and you can watch those uh, videos. They're real short real and uh, helpful. And then we just get together and we talk about it, and we talk about our day and this type of thing. Try to enjoy some sort of normalcy uh, together. But uh, we would love it if you would join us, and that's for everybody that's listening. So we hope you guys would come. Also, I want to remind you about our opportunities on our website to give online. We still have a few people uh, sending messages asking, hey, is this, uh, how do we do this? Is this something that we can still do? And so uh, we just wanted to let you know you can go to our website, westoakschurch.com. You can tie it there. There's a big button on the top right that says give. Uh, we'd love it if you could do that uh, as well. There will be a button on our Facebook page that gives you a direct link to there. Uh, a couple of new things we wanted to share with you. Maybe you've seen throughout this week, but we created a new uh, kids page for our West Oaks kids. And so uh, parents, that's for you. We would love it if you would go give that a like and, and see all our content there. We're still trying to produce information and content for you, for your kids on the daily. So we'd love it if you'd go like that page, West Oaks Kids with a Z, kids with a Z. We're special like that. Um, but we'd love you to like that page as, uh, and, and, and we'll share that again today. Uh, and the big, not the big, but one of our announcements we want to share with you this morning is we've got shirts coming. Uh, we'll be sharing those as soon as we get back together. Those will be $15, and those will be for adults and for kids. We'd love it if you guys could pick one up. That way we could kind of rep our church wherever we go. So those are our immediate announcements. I know you guys have been wanting to, uh, to um, hear those things, but I want to go ahead and jump into today's uh, series. We just finished up our I Am series where we looked at the seven I Am statements Jesus made in the book of John. And so I thought it was appropriate today to begin just a short series on faith. Um, when we return, finally uh, finally return back to the school, we're going to go through the book of Timothy to look at what a church is so we can begin to, um, you know, try to figure out what we want to be as a church. Um, and we know, but uh, we want you guys to know as well. And so, uh, but for the next four weeks, we want to do uh, just a short series on the faithfulness of God and what faith looks like in light of that. And so um, that's where we'll be for the next four weeks. Um, I want to start this morning with just sharing with you a little story that I, I thought was interesting in regards to faith. Um, you know, over the past couple of weeks here in, in uh, Southern Missouri County, we've kind of been enjoying these little things called tornado warnings, which is not normal for us. We're used to the, you know, three, four day week notice of the hurricanes, but tornadoes kind of tend to hop off pretty quick, right? Um, but I, I found this story um, a couple of months back, uh, back in March, on March 3rd. Um, there was a, um, 
a storm that came through Cooksville, Tennessee. Um, so somewhere around midnight, this uh, storm comes blowing through Nashville. And as it moved west, right, this, it was pretty large tornado. Um, in fact, two smaller tornadoes broke through as it hit um, Nashville. And one was so, um, so um, even though it was a, a, an F2, it was, it was so, you know, just crazy that it, it, it did damage for 50 miles. And so that was about midnight. Well, um, that further on, the storm began to rage. And then, you know, about 2 a.m., a giant F4 tornado formed and dropped down out of the sky. Uh, it was like 175 miles per hour winds. And um, it just kind of ripped through this town called Cooksville. Um, and it just devastated homes and businesses. And it really didn't show any favoritism. And um, I believe the death toll at the end was somewhere around 24 people. But um, there's one family family in particular that um, that stood out to me. Uh, a couple uh, who had a um, who has a three-year-old daughter and an 18-month-year-old son, and they tell the story of the storm coming with no warning. Um, they they begin to um, you know realize this is happening, so they they run to the bathroom, they climb in the tub, and they stay there and, and take cover as the tornado comes. And so. Um, the, the the mom and the children are there and the dad comes running in and he climbs in on top of them. And, and about this time, the house begins to shift. The tornado hits and um, it lifts the house uh, uh, from from the foundation. And suddenly the husband was thrown like 50 yards from his home. Um, and so as the storm comes through, the wife, um, her name's Faith, ironically, she recalls um, holding onto her two, her two children uh, one in each arm on top of them, protect him. And she says, I recall praying, God, please don't let me lose any of these two. And so as the home was demolished, uh, the family actually survived the tornado. Um, Eric ended up, the husband, he ended up getting nine staples in his head. And uh, Faith, the wife, um, had two broken ribs and the kids just had a couple scratches. Um, and so even though they survived the storm, there were others out there who didn't. Um, and so there's many people surrounding that place asking the question, why? Um, for some, um, faith comes into question, right? Was it the faith of Faith and Eric that got them through the storm? Was it God's will? And, and, and what's, what's interesting is the couple openly talks about how the, the only reason why they survived the storm was because of God, because they believed that they had faith. And some will say that their faith is what spared them. And so I find it intriguing, the concept of faith. You know, in the Bible, we see the word faith uh, roughly 240 times, depending on your translation. Uh, from Deuteronomy, right, which is the New Testament, um, all the way to Revelation, the end. Faith is such an active part of the Word of God, and it's this pillar of our relationship with Him. And contrary to our belief, the Jews of the Old Testament were always saved by faith. They um, had taken the Ten Commandments that God had given them and used it as a, a means of salvation uh, instead of seeing it as God revealing their need for Him. So, even though we've kind of thought faith is this kind of New Testament, Jesus concept, this has been God's plan all along, is to save His people by faith. And faith has kind of been this confusing matter for us. And not that faith itself is difficult to understand, but because we have tended to, to kind of muddy it up a little bit. And 
Um, but faith is not just a, a Christian concept anymore, right? The world seems to act and live and think as if they have faith. And so, um, but I put it this way, Voltaire, who's this famous French philosopher, he, he criticized Christianity amongst other religions. And he says this, faith consists in believing when it is beyond the power of reason to believe. This is Voltaire, right? Um, Muhammad Ali said it's a lack of faith that makes people afraid of meeting challenges. And he says, I believed in myself. So, so Muhammad Ali, right? He's got faith in himself. Even Steve Jobs, right? Who's the, one of the founders of Apple. He said, sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick, so don't lose faith. I mean, even George Michael and Fred Durst tell us that we got to have faith, right? So um, we know that faith is not something that is just um, stuck to the Christian circle. But, but is there a difference? And if so, what is it? Um, I believe there is a difference between um, biblical faith and um, the faith that we just kind of talk about in general. And so um, many people base their, their idea of faith on experiences. Like we trust our car is going to start when we stick the key in the ignition because it always does, right? Um, we, we have faith that the food that we're eating um, is actual food and not rat poison, right? Whenever we go to a restaurant. Um, we lock the doors because we trust and have faith that it's, um, that's going to keep the people outside from coming inside. And everyone has faith, but what they have faith in varies. Uh, so it's important for us to define faith specifically the faith that we read about in Scripture. Like even Webster's Dictionary is a bit confused because they have so many definitions of faith in it. I think there's roughly 17. So, so it's important for us to consider what faith is since the Bible talks about it so much. Uh, and, and since the world speaks of faith as well. And so um, I, I do want to say this, though, that, that, that there are many great people out there who have great concepts of faith. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr., one of my favorite quotes, he says, faith is taking the first step even when we don't see the whole staircase. Uh, and so while that's a great quote, and there's so many wonderful minds out there that, that give us a glimpse into faith, um, we have to look to the Word of God because for the Christian, our foundation is the Word of God. And so I want to look at what this idea of faith is, and I'm, we're going to run to Hebrews chapter 11. And so if you have a Bible, which I hope you do, um, uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. If you're listening and you don't have a Bible, man, shoot me a message. I will, I will personally deliver one with gloves on and a mask, or we'll even we'll buy you one and mail you one, but we want you to get one. Um, Hebrews 11 is a great book, and, and really... Um, Hebrews is one of these books. We don't really know the author. We kind of speculate, but we, but we don't really know for sure. And, um, and Hebrews is this ongoing sermon. There's like not many breaks between it. And, and the whole theme is simply this, is that Jesus is God. And that's, that's kind of what this whole theme is. And so I want to look at Hebrews 11, and we're going to just read a few verses, and then we'll go on. It says this in verse 1. Now faith... That's what we're talking about, right? Faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. He says, For our ancestors won God's approval by it. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by God's command, so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts, and even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so he did not experience death. And he was 
not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was approved since he had pleased God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God for the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, he built an ark to deliver his family. And by faith, he condemns the world and be, became an heir of the righteousness that, be, that comes by faith. And so the author does a couple things here, right? He tells us what faith is in the first verse, and then he gives us this litany of stories from the Old Testament to help kind of make sense of what faith is. And so verse 1, he says, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. And he says, our ancestors, right, won God's approval by it. Faith has always been long before Jesus uh, entered the scene, right? And, And so faith, the author says, is the reality today of what is to come. He says it is the reality of what is hoped for. We hope for something that we don't currently have. Um, And he says that faith is the reality of it today. He says it's not abstract, right? Um, There is this confidence in what is not yet, knowing that it is to come. And so He then goes through these stories of these faithful Old Testament men. He talks about Enoch who who walked with God and then he just kind of like ended up with God in heaven. Um, He he tells the story of of Abel who offered a better sacrifice than Cain and gained God's approval, which is awesome. We can gain God's approval. Uh, he tells the story of Noah, and we know the story well, right? He, he built this ark and uh, hundreds of miles away from water. And each one of these men found uh, approval from God because of faith, not because of their actions. And then he goes on below this to this character, Abraham. Uh, Abraham, along with these other men, was a man that lived by faith. Meaning, he understood, these men understood, they felt and lived their life in such a way that they showed that they trusted God. And so, who's Abraham, right? Father Abraham, he had many sons, right? And many sons had Father Abraham. Um, and, uh, Abraham is the father of the Jewish faith, right? God comes to Abraham and tells him, hey, I need you to start walking. And Abraham's like, why? Um, and he says, just start walking. I don't know if he says, he doesn't really say why, but he says, start walking. And so he doesn't really know where he's going to go, but he goes. And as he goes, he tells him that he's going to, God says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your inheritance like the sand of the sea. Um, and you will be the father of a great nation. Like, like there's not many um, people who have been promised uh, a nation. And Abraham who, um, sorry, I had to scroll that up there. Um, Abraham is this guy who acts on faith. He hears God, he trusts God, and he obeys God with his life. Even though he doesn't know where he's going, he trusts that God would do what he said he would do. And so all of these characters have something in common, and it is faith. And so the author of Hebrews, he says, this is faith. Here's some examples of men who lived by faith. 
And, and this is so you can understand what faith is like. And so faith then is trusting today for what is ahead. Um, it's not knowing where you're going or where you're headed, but it's walking because you trust the one that's leading you. And so I think it's important to ask the question, why were these men listed as faithful? I mean, again, it wasn't because of their efforts. Uh, Abraham lied and gave his wife away because he was scared. Noah was a drunk. Um, I mean, these men weren't better in comparison than everyone else. Um, So why were they deemed faithful? It's because they had this understanding of who God was and of they they saw him as trustworthy and they followed. They trusted God and they confidently followed him even when they didn't see the next step, right? Imagine being Noah, building this boat so far from the water, day in and day out, day in and day out, and all these people coming and just laughing at you as you build this. I mean, that takes something bigger than, than, than yourself and, and your, your logic to, to do continually. And, and so these men were not great men because they possessed something inside of them that no one else did. They, they had an understanding of who God was, and he proved to be faithful to them. You know, we often talk about faith in the church as if it's some sort of power or force that we tap into. And the problem with that is that means that it's something, and if it's out here, that we can control or it's something inside that we can conjure up, then we can manipulate faith for our benefit, right? Um, And that's not faith, that's magic. Um, Faith is also not this formula that we adhere to, right? Um, The point of following a formula is to achieve an end. Uh, The problem with that is the end of faith is not, um, it's, it's, it's Jesus, right? And faith itself is Jesus. And so the Jesus isn't just the end result. God is not just the end result. He is the means of our faith. You see, these characters that are mentioned here, um, their faith was rooted in the faithfulness of God. Um, God was and still is faithful to these men and to us. Uh, The Lord is a God of mercy and grace and forgiveness. God is everything that we wish we could be. And He is perfect and He doesn't change. Scripture tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's perfectly loving, perfectly kind, and perfectly merciful. He spoke the world into being, scriptures teach us, and he knows the numbers of the hairs on our head. He holds our future in the palm of his hand, and nothing can strip that away. Everything God said that he would do, he has done. He has never once lied. He has never come up short in his plans. God is fully and perfectly faithful. He is completely trustworthy because even when he has every right to punish us and should for our sins, he offers grace instead. We look at these men listed here and we look at these men of faith today. 
And we think, man, I could never get to that. It's almost like these men were on a different level. And the truth is, is that's not true. Um, these men that we, we look at, these men of faith that we, we scroll through in the chapter of Hebrews 11, uh, we look at these men and we think that these men operate in faith, but it wasn't because of the faith that they kind of grew in their own selves. It, um, these men were examples of faith because God was the driving force behind their, their faith. He was the one that is faithful. And so here's the thing. If God weren't faithful, then we would have zero faith. Um, our faith exists because of who God is. Uh, because of who God is, we must look at Him in order to have a full understanding of faith in its entirety. So what is faith? Here's our definition. Our, well, we'll get there. What is faith? Faith is more than just saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, until you've convinced yourself. It's deeper than that. Faith starts with God. Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 2 says this, that He is the source and the perfecter of our faith. Or your translation might say, He is the author and perfecter of your faith. Right? He is the one that begins the work of faith in us. Faith itself in Anything is a work of God to believe. It doesn't come from within, right? Faith, if it did, then, then we'd be able to brag, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says this, You are saved by grace through faith. Our, our salvation does not come from our works and our efforts. It comes as an act of grace by God. And it means is Jesus, faith in Him. And it says, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's God's gift. Why? It's not from works, because if it were, then you'd be able to brag about it. It says, so nobody can boast. Uh, mercy and grace and forgiveness comes as a gift. Because if it was something that you and I, faith itself, could grow inside of us like a plant, then we would water it and water it and water it, not so that we could obtain those things, but so that we could brag about it. We have faith because God gives it to us. We can trust God because He's trustworthy and He reveals to us on the daily His worth. Faith begins with God and it ends with God. God. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so because of that, God then opens the eyes of men. God starts and puts faith inside of men and he grows it and he perfects it. And it begins, the Bible says, in the mind. It says this, right? Um, verse three, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by God's command. Understand. Scripture tells us then that, that when God begins faith inside of us, it starts with an understanding. It begins with the, the mind. He opens the eyes of men. It's a work of God to open our eyes and our minds to Him. Think about John 6, uh, verse 44. It says, No one comes to me, Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him. The, the fact that we're able to come to God, it starts with God opening and quickening our hearts and minds to faith. And, and then 
It's Him that pursues us. So God creates faith in us by a work of the Holy Spirit, and it begins in our mind. So we gain an understanding of who God is, which helps us not only see who God is, but it, it begins with us also seeing who we are, recognizing our sin. You can't come to faith in, in Christ if you don't first see who you really are apart from Him. So we gain this intellectual understanding of who God is and who we are. And what that does is then that creates or it leads to an emotional response. This, you know, the modern church today is more concerned with creating an emotional response and fabricating an emotional uh, feeling for you than they are about helping you understand the truths of God. And we want to be careful with that because we don't just sit around and talk about what we know and brag about the books we've read. But what we want to do is see Jesus for who He is. We want to understand who God is and, and how God created us to be. And in that, listen, in that, that shows us we begin to see who we are. That was the point of the Ten Commandments. It was so that we could recognize, man, I, I fall short. And what that does is the, the understanding that God gives us it creates the right emotional response. We're not saying that emotional responses in church services are bad, but what we're saying is, is we're not going to dim the lights, cue the fog, hit the keys, and make the music like kind of lead you around, but instead what we want to do is look at who God is, the truths of who God is in His Word, and let that stir emotion because... When that happens, that itself is the work of God, right? It's not you stirring the emotional pot, hoping that it will make you a better and better Christian inside of God. And, and really, the work of God begins with Him pursuing you. It begins with Him creating an understanding of who He is in your mind and then Him drawing our heart to Him. And so it's intellectual, it's emotional, and then the best part of, of, of faith is the action, which is the part that we as Christians are scared of. You know, God revealed himself to Abraham. He came down and said, Abraham, I'm your God, follow me. And he told him, you're going to be a father of great nations. So Abraham trusted God based off of the conversation, and he acted and along the way, God continued to be faithful, even though Abraham wasn't. Faith is the ability to comprehend and understand the gospel, which causes our hearts to be drawn to the things of God, which leads us to action. And so faith, here's the problem with faith today is we tend to separate those three and only, only hammer down on one of those. So you've got people who love the emotional aspect of Christianity. We want to go to church. We want to lift our hands. We want to sway and dance. We want to feel that Jesus is near. We want the Holy Spirit goosebumps, right? We want that. Um, and, and, and then the others, they don't want that. They just want the intellectual understanding of of who God is, uh, but they don't want to have to feel anything because they know if they do, then that's going to kind of make them feel uncomfortable. And then, then you got the others who, who don't really care to dive into the, the deeper understanding of the Word of God. They don't really, you know, 
feel comfortable closing their eyes and singing uh, about Jesus because most, let's be honest, most worship songs sound like a, a, a really bad love song. I, am I singing to Jesus or am I singing to someone's you know, woman? I don't know. Um, but we, we then just want to act. And so you've got people in the church who, who are really kind of driven on one of these areas. I, I'm, I'm down to go out and feed the homeless, but I don't really want to examine the Word of God and see how that applies to what's going on on the inside. Or, or others who, who say, I really love the way the music makes me feel, but I don't want to think about the Word of God and what that means in acting and following it. And so what we have to understand is that faith is, is all of these combined. And so, so it's like this, okay? Here's our definition then. Uh, we, we, God creates faith in us. He, he helps us understand. He draws our emotions and our hearts towards Him, and then we act on what is true. And so faith then, here's my definition, is living as though God exists and that He keeps all His promises. Faith then is living as though God exists and He keeps all His promises. Faith is rooted in something that is true. Otherwise, we just fall into this worldly category of faith where the thing that we place our hope in is something that's kind of out there. But our faith is in Jesus. We recognize that He is truth. Jesus is worthy of trust because of what He did, because of who He is. We then trust what He said which then causes us to act upon it, right? We can hope for tomorrow because of what He did and what He said. We have hope because we know His words are true. So faith is really kind of us taking God at His word, knowing that you said this, God, I'm going to believe that and I'm going to act on that, everything that God has said, we as Christians are to believe because everything God has done has been true and He has never failed. And so we can live confidently, although we don't know what's next, we know that what He said is true. And so we can live confidently. Why? Because He's always with us. He never leaves us. He always provides for our needs. And the Bible says that because everything he says is true, he said he would come back to take what is his, and that's every Christian that's his. So what's the application for us? Because look, we, we said this before, faith is not just hearing the Bible spoken to us. It's not just letting the emotion inside of us kind of stir us up, right? Spirit fingers. Um, it's, it's acting upon what we know to be true. Faith in is living as though God exists and that He keeps all His promises. So I'm going to act and live based off of this. So what's the application? We trust, like, track with me. We trust Jesus is who He said He is. And that He can do what He said He would do. He claimed to be God. He claimed that He is the only way to salvation. We looked at that the past seven weeks. We trust God to do what He said He would do. He said He would never leave us. He would never, he would never forsake us. He said He would come back for us. He said He forgives us. He would empower us to live for Him. He would be with us and He would provide for us. God always provides for our needs. 
Look, I want to encourage you. We can trust God will never be wrong. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We trust God to help us act based then off of what we know. So like, think about this. God does not promise us safety and wealth, right? If that were the case, then Jesus would have never been in difficult situations and he would have had like the, the, just the largest castle you could ever imagine, right? Um, he doesn't promise us that for, for this time on earth. But what he does do is he promises us peace in the midst of uncertainty. Like, right, think about Romans 8, right? He works all things together for the good of those that love him and that are called according to his purpose. God doesn't promise us peace and security in the midst of this virus or war or, or turmoil. He doesn't promise that you'll always keep your job. He doesn't promise you that you will be able to go on vacation like everyone else or get a, whatever that everyone else is getting. But what he does promise you is that in the midst of difficult you, difficulty, he will, he will be with you. He will provide peace. And He won't provide for your needs. Now, we can go and, and out into the world and function and live and do things knowing, right, with common sense, mind you, right, um, knowing that all He has said is true. And that should give us confidence to act. I know that I can go to work and pay my bills and endure the unknown because he's promised to provide for all my needs and that he said he would be with me in the midst of sickness or struggle. He said that he would always be with me to bring me to peace. He said he would come again to save me and I can live confidently, confidently because I know what he said is true. I know he's never failed and I know that he has plans for my, my good. So, faith. Got to have faith, right? We're not talking about faith in your zipper to stay up after, after six weeks of being stuck inside. We're talking about saving faith. You know, it's easy for us to kind of um, use faith like we use the word love. I remember um, when I was a teenager oh just kicked the thing um when i was a teenager um my uh, youth pastor used to talk about love all the time and how funny it was that we would use the word love um for things like um, a spouse or um a family member and then in the same way we would talk about love for hamburgers and i always i never forgot that and i know you're watching trey so shout out to you um but um we kind of do that with faith we we know that faith means trusting um, but we talk about faith in such an arbitrary manner. What we're talking about is saving faith in the God of the universe. When we talk about faith, we're talking about this understanding that we have something much bigger and much more reliable than the locks on our doors, the cars in our driveway, the money in our bank account, we're talking about one that never fails, that always, always proves to be faithful to us. I mean, if it's true that faith is living as though God exists and that he keeps all his promises, we can look at the story of Abraham and Abel and Noah and Enoch and we can watch them and, and realize that they only saw one side of the story. We have the whole picture. 
Right? These guys didn't see Jesus come to earth. These, Abraham never saw um, his, his sands of the sea generation. Abraham still had faith, even though he didn't see the end result. And we have, we have the whole picture now. So what prevents us from belief? We know the story. Jesus came to take the punishment of sin from us so that we could find a relationship with God, so that we could gain His favor. But the Bible says that He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. Like we know the path to God. It's Jesus. He is trustworthy, right? He's worth following because He's faithful. So the challenge for us then is this, because every time that we open the Word of God, it should challenge us to act. Faith leads to action. The challenge is to start living like God is faithful. The the challenge is to let our actions reflect what we know to be true. Our hope is found in the faithfulness of God. Our future hope is a reality today. We, We have confidence to face whatever comes because we know that He has never failed us. Every promise that God has made is fulfilled. And so the promises that He has for the future, He's not going to fail those either. He, he said He would provide for our needs in the midst of difficulty and job loss and fear and sickness. He will. Let us then live as though God is faithful. And may the, the things that we do and the words that we speak and the thoughts that come into our mind be driven out of the truths that we find in Scripture. And so, for the Christian, we can confidently say this, that we have hope today. It's in Jesus. But, but I'm certain that someone will watch this who's not sure about that. As a Christian, we have certainty, but there are many out there who aren't sure. And so I want to encourage you today that if you're not sure, you can... You can call on the name of the Lord today and be saved. Look, faith, the the desire to be saved is something that God puts in us. And that's God working in you. And if that's you, you don't have to to get down on your knees and and cross it up. You don't have to go to someone else and do that. Like you, You can pray to God today and simply say, God, I see that you're calling me and I see my sin prevents me from having a relationship with you, but I want to be with you. The Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord today, you will be saved. So call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. Commit your life to following him and you are his. And so faith. We can have faith in the most faithful. And we have faith because He imparts it to us. He gives it to us. He gives us faith to believe. So I want to pray, and then I've got one more announcement I want to share with you guys. So let's pray together. God, we love you.
because you're faithful. There's so many reasons that we could spend the next, the rest of our life counting your faithfulness and your goodness. I pray, God, that you would help us to just try to just focus on one or two. And I know that when I'm afraid and when I'm confused or just lost, I can turn to you and you give me peace and direction because you're good and you're faithful. Thank you for the men that we see in, our, in, in the Word and the men of history who you've used as examples of faith, God. These men weren't great, but you are. And you worked your greatness out through them. We pray, God, you would help us to see that today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you guys joining us. I want to give you guys a um, just a quick announcement. I know a lot of people have been wondering when are we going to get back into uh, meeting. I know there's some churches that are out meeting today, right now, and we praise God that they are are able to do so. And so here's our here's um, our situation. We are subject to um, the school district uh, since we're using their facility, and so um, we want to be cautious. Um, we want to make sure that we don't rush back into this. Uh, we know that there are many of you who are anxious, and trust me, I, I am the chief of those. I'm ready to be together, but I also want to um, be cautious, and I want to be, um, I want to use the brain God gave me to think through, and so We've been, um, I just want to say that we're going to continue to wait until we've been given approval and then we will um, meet again uh, as quickly as we can. Until then, we're going to utilize these means of, of gathering together. So I would hope that you would join us Tuesdays for small group via Zoom um, and, and, and just hope that you would um, join us in those opportunities. And again, when we get back, we're, we're excited to be together. We're still going to do our baptisms um, and we're still going to um, sing and worship and, and enjoy uh, God's Word together. But until then, I pray you would stay safe, uh, stay vigilant, be careful out there. Uh, don't get any fights at the gas station or at the convenience stores over toilet paper. So hang in there. Love you guys, and um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be together soon. Have a good day.